the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Elsewhere it says he became sin for us. Not just that he took our sin, he became sin. Not just that he took the curse, he became the curse and then he was punished for our sins and for the curse. And so now because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross and his shed blood, now in the new Jerusalem, there is no more curse we're told in Revelation 22, verse 3. And in your Bible, next to verse 3, you might want to write, hip, hip, hooray. How serious is sin to you? Did you know that sin is a curse? A curse that Jesus bore on our behalf? He literally became the sins of the world for our pardon. Pastor Dan reminds us because of Jesus' atonement for our sins, We don't even have to comprehend trying to earn our way into heaven with miles and miles of good deeds. Any sin separates us from God, but Jesus stepped in and took over our debts so that ultimately we might have a place in heaven. Today, how are you using that gift given from Jesus? Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Revelation chapter 22 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. God has created us with a natural, physical thirst. If you can remember a time when you were really, really, really thirsty, maybe in the summertime you're playing sports or something, and you're just really, really thirsty, and when you're thirsty like that, the thing that you want most of all is ice-cold water. You know, you won't settle for room-temperature water or a Coca-Cola. You want ice-cold water when you're really, really thirsty. And when you get that ice-cold water and you just drink it down, and it's running down your shirt, and you just drink a gallon of it because it's so refreshing and it's so satisfying. There's nothing that satisfies a thirst like ice-cold water. Well, God has created us with a physical thirst, but God has also created us with a spiritual thirst, a spiritual thirst that can only be satisfied by Jesus Christ. Nothing else. Nothing else will do it. You know, remember a couple of weeks ago, we looked, we looked in John chapter 4 at the story of the woman at the well in Sychar, the Samaritan woman. You guys remember that story? And if you remember, she had been married five times, and she was living with a guy she wasn't married to. She was shacking up with some guy. That was a woman who had a spiritual thirst that she was trying to satisfy with relationships with men, and it wasn't satisfying her. And so she was going from relationship to relationship to relationship, trying to satisfy this spiritual thirst that's only satisfied by Jesus Christ. And we all have this spiritual thirst, and we try to satisfy it with other things, the things of the world that the world offers us. 
but it never leaves us fully satisfied. We might be satisfied for a little bit temporarily, but then the thirst comes back. Sometimes it comes back greater than before. And so we try something else. We try something more and nothing satisfies because only Jesus Christ can satisfy. And the Bible describes this spiritual thirst that we all have. And there's there's several passages that talk about it. I just want to share a few with you. You can just listen. But in Psalm 63, verse 1, O God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. In a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. Here he describes his soul as thirsting for God, his flesh longing for God. He's spiritually speaking He's in a dry and thirsty land. There's no water. He's in a desert spiritually, and he's, he's thirsting for God. Psalm 42, verse 1. As the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God to satisfy that thirst? Longing for God, thirsting for God. Psalm 84, how lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. There the psalmist says, my soul longs, yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. Have you ever been so hot and so thirsty you feel like you're going to faint? That's how the psalmist feels spiritually. I'm going to faint. I'm going to pass out. Just so desperate. For the Lord, so thirsty for the Lord. We all have this spiritual thirst that can only be filled by Jesus Christ. And listen, give me your attention. Here in this world, here in this world, we can get a taste of the living water that Jesus Christ offers. But have you noticed in your life, have you noticed that you have times where you're satisfied in the Lord? Where you drink of that living water and you're satisfied and you're filled and you're refreshed. Maybe you come to church and in worship or in your quiet time where you just spend time with the Lord and his word and prayer. Man, you're just so refreshed. You're drinking in the living water. But then what happens? Like five minutes goes by and suddenly you're in the desert again and you're thirsty again. And we kind of have this. This back and forth, this inconsistency where there's times where we're filled by the Lord and and we're drinking in that living water and we're satisfied. And then there's times where we're crying out and just, I feel dry. I feel desperate. I'm thirsting for God and I just feel unsatisfied, discontent. Well, here's the deal. Look at chapter 22 again. In heaven, there's this river of living water right on Main Street going right down the central boulevard. And in heaven, in the new Jerusalem, we will be able to drink fully from the stream of living water. And we will experience complete satisfaction and refreshment from the Lord all the time, forever and ever. You're no longer going to have this, I'm drinking, I'm getting a taste of it, but then I'm going into the season of dryness, and then I get a little taste, and I'm back in the desert. No, in the New Jerusalem, you just drink it up as much as you want. It's right there. It's on Main Street for everybody. And you just go, and you just drink it all in, all the time, satisfied in the Lord. Won't that be great? I don't know about you, but I find, uh, I find it frustrating, I think, would be the word for it. 
of how I can have these times where I'm really close to the Lord and full of the Spirit and sense His presence. And then there's these other times where I just feel like I'm a thousand miles away. And won't it be great in the New Jerusalem just to have the living water and no more back and forth and up and down, just being full, just being satisfied and filled with the Lord. Look at verse 2 again. In the middle of its street, this river's flowing in the middle of the street, and we're told on either side of the river was the tree, and notice this, the tree of life, which bore 12 fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Now, newsflash here, we haven't seen the tree of life since Genesis chapter 3. And here it is now, it reappears, and it's in the new Jerusalem. Back in Genesis, man was not allowed to eat of the tree of life because he ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Remember that? Do you remember the story how God said to Adam, you can eat of any tree you want as much as you want. This is all for you. I created all of this for you. You remember as God's making things, he's creating things. He would create something and the Lord said it was good. And he makes something else and the Lord would say it is good. And He makes something else. It is good. Good for who? It's good for Adam. See, everything he was creating, he was creating it with man in mind to bless mankind. And so as he's creating things, it is good. Adam's going to love this. This is going to bless him. And then he creates Adam and he puts Adam in the garden. He tells Adam, I created all of this for you and you can eat of it. All of these trees, they're all the fruit. It's all for you to enjoy and be satisfied by. I just ask that you stay away from this one tree. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But everything else is for you. It's such a picture of God's grace. And God's goodness. And God's blessing. But what does Adam do? God says you can have all of this. It's all for you. Just stay away from this one tree. And Adam goes and stands by that tree. (laughs) Right? And Eve. And isn't that just like our sin nature? We get focused on the one thing we don't have. Instead of all the things that God has blessed us with. And why can't I have that? But I want that. But it looks good. And we get so keyed in on that instead of saying, wow, Lord, look at all that you've given me. So what? One tree I can't have. That's fine. I've got all of this. If you have children, you've seen this with your kids. You know, if you ask your children to share a toy with their friend, you've got all these other toys to play with. Just share this one with your friend. But I want to play with that. But that's the one I want to play with. When I'm asking you, just share this one and, and, let, and you can enjoy all of these others. But no, this is the one I want. It's the sin nature that we inherited from Grandpa Adam, right? And so what did he do? Adam and Eve, they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And it just revealed to them evil. Nothing good came out of that. It just revealed evil to them. And because of that, they were expelled from the garden so that they would not eat of the tree of life. Because God didn't want them to remain in that separated state forever and ever. But now, what do we see in the New Jerusalem? We see the tree of life again, once again. We haven't seen it since Genesis. And now here it is in heaven, in the New Jerusalem. And in the New Jerusalem, we can eat freely of the tree of life because of Jesus Christ. And he paid for all of our sins on the cross. And he's made it possible now where we can come And eat of the tree of life freely. Look at verse 2 again. The tree of life is on both sides of the river. It says it will bear 12 fruits. Each tree yielding fruit every month. Now you know that most trees bear fruit once a year. 
but the tree of life will have fresh fruit year-round. Every month, a different crop of fruit growing on the trees. Have you ever had fruit right off the tree? Man, it's so delicious, isn't it? Just right off the tree. You go out to Laraland Farms during peach season, and you can pick the peaches off the tree, you know, and you eat five and put one in your box, and you pay for one, you eat five while you're there. They don't have any signs up that say you can't eat it while you're picking it. So, But in the New Jerusalem, you know, we'll be able to eat fruit right off the tree of life. Just every month, every season, there's just fresh fruit there for us to enjoy and be satisfied by. And notice here, if you're a note taker, it does say that there's fruit every month, which means there must be some kind of dating system in heaven. There must be some way of marking time. Sometimes you hear people say that in eternity, you're outside of time and space, and so we won't have any concept of time. Well, yeah, we will, because somehow we're keeping track of time to know when the months pass here. We don't, I don't know how, but, but there is time and eternity. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. And look again at verse 2. It says, The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And that word nations is that word ethnos. It's speaking of ethnic groups. But it says the leaves of the tree were for the healing of of nations. You read that, you might say, well, wait a minute. Why do we need healing in eternity in heaven? Aren't we free from sin and free from death and free from disease and free from sickness? Why do we need healing? Well, the word healing here in the Greek, it is the Greek word therapia, from which we get the word therapy or therapeutic. And eating the leaves of the tree of life will be therapeutic to us. Your translation might say health-giving. That's the idea. It's health-giving. It's invigorating. Eating the leaves will minister to us, strengthen us, encourage us. And maybe the same way that taking communion can be therapeutic. It ministers to your soul to take communion. In the New Jerusalem, in heaven, eating the leaves of the tree of life It will just be therapeutic. Not that we have sickness or disease that we need healing from, but it will just minister to us. It will minister to you to have just a nice tree of life salad each day, you know, to just make you feel better eating that. Now look at verse 3. It gets even better in verse 3. And there shall be no more curse. Wow. No more curse. The curse was first introduced back in Genesis 3 with the fall. When Adam and Eve sinned, the whole world came under a curse because of man's sin. The curse 
is the consequence of man's rebellion against God. And listen, the curse is the reason why there is pain and sorrow and hardship and struggle. And in Genesis 3, when it talks about the curse, listen, listen, it's also the reason why there's friction in marriage. That's part of the curse, we're told in Genesis 3. It's also the reason why it's hard to eke out a living in this world. That's part of the curse. But what we're told is in the New Jerusalem, there will be no curse. All of that is gone. The hardship, the struggle, the friction, the difficulty, the sorrow, that's all part of this world. It's not part of the world to come. It's not part of the New Jerusalem. And the Bible tells us that Jesus, when he died on the cross, he died in part to take away the curse. I want you to turn with me over to Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. Christ has redeemed us, look what it says, from the curse of the law. How did he do it? Having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Jesus has redeemed us from the curse. How? He became the curse for us. When he died on the cross in our place as a substitutionary sacrifice for us, standing in for us, he took the curse and he became the curse. Elsewhere, it says he became sin for us. Not just that he took our sin, he became sin. Not just that he took the curse, he became the curse. And then he was punished for our sins and for the curse. And so now, because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross and his shed blood, now in the new Jerusalem, there is no more curse, we're told in Revelation 22, verse 3. And in your Bible, next to verse 3, you might want to write, hip, hip, hooray, (laughs) right? No more curse. Hallelujah. Verse 3 goes on, but the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it. This is the central feature of heaven. This is the central feature of the new Jerusalem. The throne of God and the Lamb is in the midst of it. And his servants shall serve him. And the word serve here, it has the idea of worship him. Our service is going to be an act of worship. Uh, So in heaven, we're not going to just sit around and do nothing forever. We're going to be serving the Lord and worshiping the Lord and ministering to him as his servants. And look at verse 4. This is pretty wonderful. They shall see his face. We shall see the face of God. We'll be face to face with him. And in this phrase, they shall see his face. In the ancient world, this phrase was used to mean we will be granted an audience with the king. To see his face meant that you were granted an audience with the king. In the New Jerusalem, you're going to be granted an audience with the king. And not just any king, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. You'll have an audience with God. You can come into his presence anytime you want. Verse 4 means we've got access. Because of Jesus Christ and his death and resurrection, We have access to God. We can come into his presence. We're no longer separated from God by our sins. And we can now just come face to face with God. We can FaceTime with him, but literally FaceTime with him. You know, not just over your phone. Back in the Gospel of John, chapter 17, we have this prayer recorded, which is called the the high priestly prayer of Jesus, that he prayed the night of his arrest. 
And in that prayer, one of the things that Jesus prayed in John 17, 24, Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which you have given me. Jesus's prayer is that those that belong to him will be with him and that we will behold his glory. And that prayer is going to be answered in the new Jerusalem. We'll be able to see him face to face and we'll see him in all of his glory, all of his splendor, all of his honor. And his name shall be on their foreheads, which indicates that we belong to him, that he identifies us as belonging to him. Verse five says, and there shall be no night there. They need no lamp nor light of the sun for the Lord God gives them light. We saw this in chapter 21 in heaven. There's no night. There's only daytime. We'll have no need of the sun, S-U-N, in heaven because of the sun, S-O-N. And the sun, Jesus Christ, he will be the light of heaven. His, his glory will be the light in heaven. And so there's no night. There's no darkness. Now, nighttime, night and darkness are often in the Bible. They're associated with evil, sin, danger. In Romans chapter 13, verse 12, for example, we're commanded to throw off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. In John chapter 3, Jesus said, men love the darkness because their deeds are evil. You know, we sin in the darkness. We sin at night, typically. Well, in heaven, there's only daytime. There's only daytime. There's no darkness. There's no evil. There's no sin. There's no danger. We're just walking in the light all the time, in the light of Jesus Christ. First John commands us to walk in the light. Right now, we have to choose to walk in the light. And when we sin, we make a choice. Am I going to walk in the light with this, or am I going to keep it in the dark? Am I going to confess it to the Lord, or am I going to try to hide my sin and cover my sin? In the new Jerusalem, there's no sin. Like, we don't have the sin nature anymore. We have a glorified, resurrected body free from sin, and we just walk in the light all the time. And we won't even have to think about it because darkness isn't an option. And now we've got to think about it. Now it's a conscious decision every day. Am I going to walk in the light or am I going to walk in darkness? In the new Jerusalem, there's no choice. It's just walking in the light all the time. That sounds pretty wonderful to me, right? I hope it does to you too. (laughs) So there's no night there. There's no need for the sun, S-U-N, because the Lord gives them light, the glory shines from Jesus. And then finally, at the end of verse five, and they shall reign forever and ever. Heaven will be a place where we live with God forever and ever. And we're free from sin, free from death, free from pain, free from sorrow, free from the curse, free from darkness with Jesus Christ. And not just for 50 years or 100 years or 1,000 years or a million years. It's forever and ever and ever world without end. Amen? Amen. That's what God has for us. That's what God has made possible for us through the death of Jesus Christ, through the cross. This is the future that we have now because Jesus Christ came to this earth and he laid down his life to make a way for us and to make a future for us with him in eternity in the new Jerusalem forever. 
You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. If you'd like to hear this message in the book of Revelation again, feel free to find it at calvaryec.com. Simply look under the media tab. There are a variety of messages from this series and other series as well. As you browse our website, you'll get a better understanding of the church that supports this radio ministry, Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. In fact, If you're in the area and would like to hear more of Pastor Dan's teachings in person, come join us this weekend. Our website has all the information you need as far as directions to our location and service times. We'd be so happy to connect with you and hear what you've learned from listening to Ring of Truth. If you'd rather get some information over the phone, we can do that too. Our number is 410-491-4592. That number, once again, is 410-491-4592. Please let us know how we can be praying for you as you listen to these messages from the book of Revelation. Pastor Dan will continue teaching through the book of Revelation next time, so don't miss a single edition as he explores this fascinating final book of the Bible. We're so glad you took the time to tune in to today's message, and we hope you'll continue to be a part of our listening audience. We'll catch you next time, right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice, and it only takes General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.